When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have a great discussion today. I can tell you, I've already learned from this person just in our pre-preparation. And so we really are going to have a great discussion today. So please join me in welcoming Daniel Hodges to our program today. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be here. Great, great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Daniel Hodges, JD, which is, of course, Juris Doctorate, is an activist dedicated to assisting others with disabilities and chronic illnesses to reach their full potential. While in law school, Daniel founded Pieces of Me Foundation, a nonprofit organization that promotes universal access and inclusion. Daniel's perspective has been shaped by his experience as a blind man with chronic pain and other conditions. He has spent a lifetime surpassing the low expectations placed before him, and his personal calling is to help others do the same. So again, Daniel, welcome. Thank you so much. Well, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit in the bio, but tell us really about how you got to where you are today and, and how, you know, this truly is your passion in life. Absolutely. So... I was born blind, and we didn't know at the time, was also born with a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and that would present itself more in my teen years and Mm -hmm. in the early adulthood, where the chronic pain and injuries were more involved and just didn't seem to go away, but even with the vision, they struggle for the first few years to get any kind of handle on what was going on and even get any kind of diagnosis. Turns out I have a condition that if you look through PubMed or any of the other scientific literature, Mm -hmm. not well described in the way that it presented in me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's reflected in the fact that I've seen eye doctors from coast to coast and back again. Mm -hmm. And 
never did get a firm diagnosis, mm-hmm. never really did get a handle on things. So, you know, that in and of itself left my my family in a bit of a lurch trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on, what can be done. Right. And at that same time, you had schools and other community facets that didn't have the tools they needed to give me proper mm-hmm. education or proper socialization and right. such. So <laughs> I actually effectively missed five years of my K-12 education mm-hmm. where they homeschool me and mm-hmm. girls weren't accessible in the whole, you know, whole mm-hmm. lot. And I took those experiences, got some really good training in young adulthood and started to get back on track going mm-hmm. to school where again, the chronic pain, mm-hmm. the anxiety, other things started to really rear and I had to circle back and start all over again. And so about four years ago, almost five years ago now, a mentor of mine said, look, you're articulate, you're smart, you have developed these advocacy skills that are teaching people, are helping people become more aware why wouldn't you go to law school? Mm-hmm. And well, my academic record isn't great and I don't have a lot of money and I don't know if I'm smart enough and law school and chronic pain and fatigue don't really go together. And right. just litany of excuses. You were giving like, yourself low expectations. I was, I was. And that's exactly what she pointed out to me. And two days later, mm-hmm. another mentor of mine who had known me for almost a decade by that, by that point and didn't know the first person came mm-hmm. and said, oh, exact same thing. And I'm like, well, clearly this is a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put in my application for financial assistance for the LSAT, received that. That's, you know, that test alone is a few hundred bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And took that made some applications out, went around to vocational rehab, which we may get into later. And a year later, I was in law school. The following summer, I'm talking with my cousin who had a daughter who was born with a limb difference mm-hmm. and self had experienced an injury and had really started to develop chronic pain and had to leave the workforce because of it. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how her story is so similar to, to mine and mm-hmm. so many I've known where for all of the effort that society has put into disability related stuff, mm-hmm. so people are still falling through the cracks or right. they're getting assistance that really misses the mark or so on and so forth. And I'm like, you know, I had this idea in my mind, what if we created an organization that harnessed the power of the crowd. We are one in four Americans. Say that again. One in four at least. And I would Mm -hmm. make the case if they were defined properly, it would probably be over half. Right. Now, that power has not been harnessed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, what if we did that? What if we got people together looking Mm -hmm. at the common experiences that we deal with, the the Mm -hmm. stigma, misconceptions that... Maybe it's a little different for someone who's blind and someone who's deaf or someone who's a chair user, but really underneath, there's so many commonalities. Mm-hmm. What if we did that? 
what if we took the resources, the insights that each of these people has and created the Wikipedia of disability resources? Mm-hmm. How could that change the narrative? And so I'm like, hey, you want to try it? She's like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two and a half years later, she's still scratching her head over what I talked her into. But here <laughs> we- <laughs> I love it. Well, and it's called the Pieces of Me Foundation. And pieces, in this case, is P-E-A-C-E-S. So explain to us why you have that wordplay. Absolutely. Part of my journey has Mm -hmm. been figuring out that while my eyes do not work properly, while my joints do not work properly, well, whatever else is happening, I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. I have my own characteristics. Same with Christy. Her body doesn't do what she wants it to do. Mm-hmm. Her daughter does not have part of her arm and hand. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's, right. how, that's how we're made. Mm-hmm. And that leaning into that, saying our characteristics are our characteristics, our talents, our gifts, they're still there. And it helps us bring something new and innovative to the table. So we're not broken, but what empowers us is realizing that who we are is who we're meant to be. And we can go and create a positive impact regardless of our characteristics and circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's the spelling of that name. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, and, and as you say on your website, it's that strength and peace that come from your ability to embrace your entire identity. Exactly. I love it. You know, and then you have as your, your symbol, the butterfly. So talk to us about that. And by the time that you get this episode out, Mm -hmm. going to have a slightly different logo, which is the plan at least, but it plays in here. We started with, the monarch butterfly Mm -hmm. that had the caterpillar with it, Mm -hmm. trying to show that transition Mm -hmm. from being the caterpillar that's scared and not really sure of its place in the Mm -hmm. world to the butterfly that everyone recognizes is ready Mm -hmm. to flourish. And we discovered last fall that there's another kind of butterfly called the comma butterfly Mm -hmm. that Here's to the outside world to be broken, mm-hmm. but its wings function precisely as it's supposed to. Mm. So we thought that was a great analogy mm-hmm. and it's something unique. Most people don't use that butterfly. Right. Almost everybody butterfly uses the monarch. So mm-hmm. we're like, we can, we can differentiate ourselves here, but that's the nexus of it. Mm-hmm. I love that concept because it is so true that, you know, we're, we're scared, you know, to, to go into kind of that cocoon state because we don't know what the heck is going to come out, um, you know, and, and, and whatever comes out truly is beautiful, um, you know, and, 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 you know, of course, what happens is people, you know, there are some people who look at that and go, Ooh, you know, okay, whatever. But there are so many more people who look at that and go, wow. How how cool is this? Absolutely. And to that point, you know, we don't want to be Pollyannish about the process either. I mean, even as we're sitting here talking, I'm moving my leg around because my hip, which right. has been 
deformed since I, since actually before mm-hmm. I was, is deciding whether or not it wants to stay properly in socket. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun, <laughs> but it is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I can let the pain and discomfort define what I'm doing, or I can try to almost distract or lean into or however you mm-hmm. want to put it. Say, look, I'm having a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully our conversation will touch someone and help mm-hmm. them change their perspective or lean into who they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a matter of where am I going to put my energy? Right. Right. You know, and I, I didn't tell you this before we started the program. It's been, oh gosh, about five and a half years ago now, I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Um, and it had to be special and have every complication you could possibly have um and you know all sorts of things but that has has led to issues with me you know and and um you know it's it's an ongoing thing and you know and 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 there will just be things that i have to deal with forever one of which is chronic pain caused yep. by the medicines that i take and you know people are like oh you're so upbeat you're so happy well that's what I choose to show people, but I tell them, you know, there's also, it's, it's perfectly fine to have those pity parties yep. to, 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 Oh, woe is me. Why that <clears throat> did this happen to me? As long as you don't get stuck there. Feel those emotions, mm-hmm. acknowledge part of the process. Just don't stay there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get trapped there. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I tell people it's actually, anyhow, my perspective is it is important to have those pity parties because, you know, you, you mentioned being Pollyanna, we do have to, to on occasion go, you know, and it, it happens. I mean, you know, there are just days where I think I am not getting out of bed today, just not going to happen. Um, you know, and, and, or I go to do something and I realize I can't, um, you know, and, and, uh, or I have to nap. Naps are good, <laughs> you know? but you know, it's, it's, it, it is part of that. And, and, but uh, you know, I, I definitely think that humor plays a very big part of, of things. You know, there are times where my doctors are like, oh dear Lord, it's her again. <laughs> you know? But at the same point, I've had them say, you know, you brighten our day too. And, you know, and, and I remember there was, I was going in for, I, you know, I've had over 20 surgical procedures um, and I was going in for one and I'm, I'm exactly like I am here. I'm chatty, Kathy. I'm yada, yada, yada. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the surgical room and they're preparing me. And I hear two of the nurses say, oh dear, she must be very nervous. And I said, well, I am. I said, but you know what, if I can make you laugh, then this is, this is going to be better. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's just kind of one of those things. Like you said, you know, we go, eh, all right. So we move on. Absolutely. I have to tell you a quick story. There's speaking of the humor, mm-hmm. uh, the kids, mom and I, we have, we have three kids and we were in an evaluation for our youngest child when he was still pre-diagnosis. We knew that he had the genetic mutation to have the cancer the eye cancer that he would have inherited from his mother and we were still waiting to catch the tumor so that we could begin treatment Mm -hmm. and we had a rapport with this doctor for years he had taken us through the treatment of our daughter and we just we 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 considered him almost to be part of the family Mm -hmm. and so 
we're doing this evaluation for our son saying, okay, well, at least if we get, if we find the tumors, at least we can start treating and we know they're coming over with. And so the doctor has a resident or an intern with him that day. And he's like, okay, we're going to take him back and we'll do the evaluation together. We'll come out and tell you what we find. And this doctor, knowing full well our sense of humor, mm-hmm. out about 45 minutes later, it says, pop the champagne. We found the tumor. Yay! Of course, everybody else is like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> awesome. And, and, of course, it was small and it was very treatable. And we're on our way. Mm-hmm. And we're all celebrating. And this poor resident is absolutely <laughs> mortified. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, these people are wackadoodle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it comes down to, I mean, I had had a surgeon come out once after I had my right femur operated on. Mm -hmm. And he's telling my wife at the time and mom, he's like, he almost broke my saw. His his femur is almost as hard as his head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's you have to at some point. You have to find humor in these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it, it's just, it, it is, it's part of human nature to do that, right? You know, to, to try and, and, and it's, it's not just making the best of it. It's, it's actually kind of going above that, um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you were absolutely terrified for your son. You know, yep. there, there was just that, but you knew what was coming. You knew that you could deal with it. It's, you know, I always tell people, especially, you know, they'll, they'll contact me and they'll say, you know, I've, I've had my biopsy and I don't have the results yet. And, and I say, this is the worst point, you know, when you do not know what is coming because your brain goes to the absolute worst place, you know, and, and once you have that diagnosis, once you know, this is okay, now we start then your brain can cope with it, you know, and, and, um, but, and I tell people also, you know, ignore Dr. Google. That's probably one of the worst things to be doing. Well, and to your point, you were asking earlier about how I got to this place. So I think this, this also ties in when, when our daughter was born, we were first time parents, we were in our early twenties and the whole nother story about how the state of Colorado um, tried to intervene based on having blind parents because they didn't think blind blind people could parent. That's all happening while we're fighting our daughter's cancer yes. battle mm-hmm. in 2008. Mm-hmm. And with retinoblastoma, the genetic kind, there is anywhere, I guess, a 4 to 10% chance that the cancer could sprout a third set of tumors in the center of the brain, you know, that what's called the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. So it goes from being bilateral, meaning both eyes to trilateral, mm-hmm. meaning both eyes plus the brain. Okay. It is almost universally fatal, especially back in mm-hmm. 2008. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. Right. Oh, especially but, as a 20 year old new parent. Oh my gosh. But, you know, we, we talked with the doctors about it. We said, okay, if this were to happen, there's nothing we can do to stop it. Mm-hmm. What do we do to prepare for it? Mm-hmm. You learn which hospitals mm-hmm. have at least some survival rate with this right. condition. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, 
if we get a positive MRI, which in the cancer world always means something bad. Mm-hmm. I know positive is bad. You yeah. don't want positives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what do we do? Who do we call? Who do we call? How do we arrange things? What are our next steps? Mm-hmm. We had that mapped out ahead of time mm-hmm. so that if that call were to come mm-hmm. after we get done crying and throwing things and whatever have you, now we know what to do. Right. And thankfully, we never had to go that route. Mm. But it really did prepare both of us mm-hmm. as activists and advocates mm-hmm. to be able to say, we've, we've gone through the steps mm-hmm. and we want to spend each of our careers mm-hmm. helping other people who are going through any number of things just try to stay balanced stay in the moment, be prepared, and just do anything in the world but panic Mm -hmm. so that you can get the best results possible. Right, right. You know, you can do a little chicken little, uh, you know, and and run around. Like you said, you you spend that little bit of time, but then you go, okay, now what? Um, You know, and and yeah, I mean, it's for for anybody who is is listening or watching, you know, it, it is okay to panic. There's nothing wrong with you to, to have that panic. And, and it is, it is healthy. I mean, you know, you, you kind of have to deal with that, but it's, you know, then you go on, um, you know, and, and of course, whatever it is, you know, you have to go on with what feels best for you. Um, you know, I have people who talk to me and, and they say, you know, Hey, you know, we're not going to do chemo. And I say, that's your choice. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I did have people who, weren't happy that I had chemo, um, you know, and, and that was actually what about did me. And I had one dose of chemo that was like catastrophic. Um, I was at half of 1% that gets, gets a negative reaction. And uh, I did. Um, but you know, I, it, for me, that was the best choice. Um, for other people, it might not be, um, you know, and, and for, yeah, for, for whatever it is, you know, you, you need to make those decisions and, and go on with it knowing that it was your choice. And, and, and likewise, you know, being allies, we have our own opinions. Sometimes we know things that the person we're trying to help doesn't know. Sometimes that can be useful or we might think vital. But at the same time, I, I've yet to see a case where beating someone over the head or with something actually helped them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to pay attention. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting. I was actually reading on your website. The, the tricks to become a better ally for people. And, and one of the things you talk about is to ask before attempting to assist. You know, and, and I think that is so important because, you know, we as the helpers, we want to be helpful. We want to, you know, all these things, but, you know, sometimes we, we make the situation worse. So talk to us about, about that. You know, how, why is it so important to, to kind of take that pause? And, you know, this is this is one of the reasons why, kind of circling back to the beginning, where you as a cancer survivor and me as someone who is blind and the next person in the room who may have whatever, this is where you start to see the commonalities. Right. Because if you're in the middle of a treatment, your needs are very specific. Mm-hmm. And for someone who hasn't gone through chemo, 
I have absolutely no way of knowing what they're going to be unless we're communicating. Mm -hmm. Especially since it changes from day to day. I know that from watching my own kids. Mm -hmm. And likewise, you know, for blindness, it's a lot of times it's getting a decent feel for what's around or, you know, sometimes it's being able to just discover my environment on my own Mm -hmm. rather than um, having someone push or pull or try Mm -hmm. to get physically that may Mm -hmm. actually worse Mm -hmm. Um, in the chronic pain arena. And I think you can probably relate to this. I don't know from day to day if I'm going to have a joint that's going to be, you know, my knee, my elbow, my wrist, whatever. Mm -hmm. It may function fine that day. Mm -hmm. It may not work at all that day. Mm And that's not something evident to the outside person. Mm-hmm. So it is about communication, not mm-hmm. only because of accuracy, but also out of respect. Right. It's about me saying, I, I still want to own my space. Mm-hmm. Need the dignity, the autonomy, the respect to be able to communicate my needs without judgment mm-hmm. so that we could approach this with some sort of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I remember, I think I saw this on Facebook or, you know, who knows where, you know, there was a a, a lady at a street corner and she had, you know, she had her cane. So clearly she was visually impaired and these boy scouts probably came along and whisked her across the street. You know, they were being so helpful, get her to the other side. And she said, that's great, but I needed to go the other direction. (laughs) And, and, you know, they had meant well, but it never occurred to anybody to just say, do you need help? And if so, can I help? Yep. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a stark example, but it's so true. And it's, it's something you encounter um, quite frequently, <laughs> um, you know, for a while with COVID people stopped being quite so handsy because they couldn't reach out and just grab you and move you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now that we're starting to transition back into something resembling pre pandemic life, um, it is a conversation we have to have because Mm -hmm. again, especially, and I have to, I have to make this point here too. Mm -hmm. People who have some sort of disability, including those who are blind, are at drastically higher risk of being assaulted. Right. Um, including and especially sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. It is very triggering for people, especially women, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it either. But especially for women being so cognizant of if you put your hands on her without her consent, right? Bid without even saying something mm-hmm. first, you have a very high likelihood of absolutely messing up her day, right? So, or, or being knocked flat. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and please understand when I'm saying messing up her day, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be glib there. I'm just saying, right. yeah, it just, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that we, we have got to be mm-hmm. more conscious of us as a society and have mm-hmm. those conversations. Well, you know, I just think of, you know, I, I, if somebody like my, you know, the, the way my office is set up, 
my husband can easily come in very quietly and startle me. Yeah. He's clearly not meaning to, but I, I have my back to the door. And so he just comes in and he says hello or something. And I mean, I jump out of my chair, I yell at him, <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, and, and, and I, I can't imagine dealing with that all the time, you know, always kind of being on that edge of the what if, you know, and, and it is worse, even as you were saying, if someone reaches out and touches you and you're not expecting it, you know, even yeah. if they're just touching the, the back of your arm or, you know, someplace when you're not expecting that, holy cow. I mean, that's just, that is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. So how, from, from the other perspective, you know, you know, how do we approach the situation to say, Hey, Daniel, do you need assistance? Um, you know, how, how do we go about that? So that we're not scaring the living daylights out of you or worse being condescending. I think, you know, I, th- I think you just hit it, you know, Hey, walking up and saying, Hey, do you need assistance? Or mm-hmm. I help you with something or, you know, even starting out with a, some sort of innocuous comment of about the day or the weather or who knows. Like, we're going, <clears throat> so they know you're even there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess it's, let's say that you have a, an extra experiment and mm-hmm. you see someone loading boxes into the back of their car or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, would you walk up and say, hey, can I help you with those boxes? Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And if we're connecting human to human, I think that I think there's a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Just saying, hey, you know, would you like help with this? Mm-hmm. Got it? Great. And don't be a you know, right. don't be offended. Whatever mm-hmm. the response is, but just try to make it natural, mm-hmm. like you're helping human to human, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to be the superhero, come right. in to save this person. Mm-hmm. Like, it, be helpless. Mm-hmm. Right. And because in many cases, they might not need our help. Um, yep. You know, and, and as you said, you know, being Superman and swooping in, you know, it's not always appreciated. Exactly. You know, and you also, we mentioned right at the very start that, you know, um, people have and, you know, had low expectations of someone who, you know, has some type of, of disability. And that's just horrible, you know, but, but we do that. I mean, you know, it's kind of the, well, you know, oh, she can't do that because, so I'm just going to do it for her or worse. Yep. We're just not even going to, to assume that they can do that. Um, you know, so how do we kind of get over that thought process also? It's an interesting question that I have been toying with a lot because mm-hmm. you can find yourself overcorrecting to the point where you're like, well, I don't care if they have a disability, they can, and they mm-hmm. should do. Well, then that assumes that that person has been taught how to do X, Y, or Z, because right. we forget mm-hmm. everyone has to learn how to do whatever they're doing at some point in their life. Right. Um, nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. So to say, okay, well, I've become inclusive. I now expect people to do things for themselves. Well, that may or may not be the right step there. Mm-hmm. 
based on how experienced the other person may be, or if someone is new to having a disability and they're having to relearn how to do certain aspects of their life, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a process too. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes back to communication, you know, Hey, again, do you need assistance with this? Mm -hmm. You do what assistance would be helpful. If you don't great, let me know if you need anything. And as you said, it's just kind of one of those common respect type of things. Um, you know, you see somebody in the store and they can't reach something on a shelf. You say, hey, do you need assistance with that? And then you watch them climb the thing and you're like, okay, guess you didn't. <laughs> um, but and a big part of it is obviously the tone in how it's asked. Um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that that we really just have to watch is you know, are we are we asking politely or are we again assuming that they need our help and that carries through in our tone? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's uh, one of the things and and you know, COVID has of course made things all sorts of of wonka doodle now. How do we make our businesses more inclusive and accessible. And let's let's start with you know if, if we're actually physically in in a location. Um, and then we'll talk about digitally um, later. But you know, how do you make your business more inclusive and accessible? Great. And I think there's always the beginning of the conversation of do you have braille signage? Do you have entrances and aisles or pathways that are, you know, mobility friendly and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. But there again, do you have staff that are trained to be communicative? Are are we setting that example as business owners? Mm -hmm. Are we, are we teaching people not only to to communicate, but also to understand Mm -hmm. that one's disability is a characteristic or possibly multiple characteristics. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, it is out of a vast array of characteristics that each of us has. Mm-hmm. So being aware that we have to be conscious, but also be conscious of the whole human being. So mm-hmm. conscious of just different skills and talents right. and whatever else, so that we are, prepared to mm-hmm. meet our customers as they are. And I don't know if you want to get into employment now, but there's, a, there's kind of a separate side to that coin as well. Mm-hmm. Where I think in that case, if we say we need this job or that job done, or we're hiring for this or that position, mm-hmm. have we identified the core elements of that job mm-hmm. what actually has to be done right. so that we're not letting implicit bias or assumptions block us from getting the best candidate right for example when i was going through law school my job was to read analyze and utilize the facts and opinions involving a case. I had mm-hmm. to be able to understand the facts, I had to understand the law, and I had to turn it into something 
that demonstrated I knew what in the world I was mm-hmm. talking about. Now, how I accessed the reading of that material, whether it was a print book, whether it was a PDF that I could scroll through, mm-hmm. however I did it, that was immaterial. Right. Because the, the real question was, did I know what was going on? Mm-hmm. Could I use it? And could mm-hmm. I communicate that? And I think we have to be really aware of questions like a big one in our community. This position requires a driver's license. Why? Mm -hmm. Can you give me a really solid reason why that position requires a driver's license? Right. Why that can't be done with a, with a driver, why it can't be done with Uber, why it can't be done remotely. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't, then perhaps completely without intending to, created a discriminatory job posting. Right. I don't have a driver's license. And if I turn over my state ID, I have outed myself. Mm-hmm. Most likely. And that's that's a common one. Um, one of the ones one, that I always see is must be able to lift 25 pounds. Yeah. Why? what in in that position you know why is lifting 25 pounds even pertinent exactly exactly or why does the ability to see or hear or whatever is it really important to that job or is there a reasonable workaround right because if you don't have just to be real here if you don't have a statement a strong accessibility and inclusion statement partnering with that. Mm-hmm. I read that posting. I may not even apply. Right. And if I do apply, I'm already having a sense of dread or foreboding saying they're probably not going to hire me as soon as they see my white cane. Mm-hmm. Now that's hard for me as a job seeker mm-hmm. that hurts you as a business owner. Right. Because all of the brilliance, all of the talent mm-hmm. I could aim is now lost. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and a lot of those job descriptions were written 10, 20, who knows, years ago or copied from somebody else. And we don't even read them. Um, right. You know, it's, it's the old, well, we, we're doing this because that's the way we've always done it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it, as you said, it's, it's kind of that red flag where if, if I don't even notice that I've got it in my job description, what are other things that, that are going to cause problems? Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it pays to look through those things and say, oh, you know, really, you know, if, if you can get the job done, you know, that it's, 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 as you said, it's those specific things that, that need, you know, is to, to, to be done, but nothing else, you know, needs to, to be in there. And you know what? I'm going to make a. I'm going to make an offer here that I wasn't even thinking about when we started this conversation. Mm-hmm. Based on what you just told me, mm-hmm. my social social links or the social links for the organization, all of that's going to be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. If you're a business owner or an HR person or somebody who's dealing with this, mm-hmm. send me a job. Send me a job proposal that you have posted or a few if you want to. Mm-hmm. And someone from my team will take a look at it and say, hey, this is either green light or here are some things you might want to reconsider. And 
we will even set up a 30 minute zoom call if you want and talk through what we found mm-hmm. we will do that for free mm-hmm. no obligation if you want to make a donation to pieces of me based on that work mm-hmm. we can certainly use it mm-hmm. but it's up to you and how much value you think we brought to the wow. table that that's fabulous thank you for for that offer absolutely you know and as you said you know our goal is that we have the best employees doing the best job, um, you know, and the, a, a lot of that other stuff doesn't matter in the slightest. Absolutely. So, you know, now we're in many cases, hundred percent digital, you know, not going into the office. So, you know, people aren't having to worry about, okay, are the halls wide enough? You know, oh my gosh, we've got stairs coming in, you know, all of those various things. But that causes other issues. So talk to us about how this whole new digital world can, can raise all sorts of, of problems now. So I read a survey somewhere along the path that said that 97% of websites are at least somewhat inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And based on my experience and experience of the blind people I talk to or people who access websites in different ways, that is more or less true, and it may even be, it's at least comparable, possibly even worse with mm-hmm. web applications mm-hmm. or mobile applications. Now, I think it's important to stop here and say, what does accessibility mean? Because this is based mm-hmm. on a conversation I recently had where we were speaking Greek or it seemed that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... When I log on to a website, when I'm using my iPad to mm-hmm. navigate apps, I'm using a built-in software called VoiceOver, mm-hmm. which is a base, it's basically a narration tool that reads okay. what's screen to me and helps me navigate mm-hmm. different buttons in place of uh, using regular, well, I guess it's kind of a modified touch or in place of using a mouse and okay. So we run into two primary problems here. One is when we have images or graphics that are trying to convey pertinent information, if we're not using alternative text or what we call right. alt, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what is in that image. It could mm-hmm. be thing useless, just kind of a, you know, something just to grab the eye. Or it could be relaying all of the relevant information for signing up for something because I've seen it do both. And Mm -hmm. odds are, if somebody hasn't taken the time to do alt text, it's going to say image or 9724, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And And I'm guilty of that all the time. In fact, I, you know, it might say, you know, a description of the image. And dang if I don't delete it. So it's even worse. <laughs> and and so I, I want to, and, and this is something we're, we're trying to get out to people because mm-hmm. most people don't know to do it. And most people I've seen, even on my team, mm-hmm. when you're training people to do this, it's, well, what do I say? And how do I put this? And I don't want to miss the, you know, I can only speak for myself here. I recognize effort. Mm-hmm. I recognize someone tried right. the alt text, what they thought was relevant. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's too little. 
you're like, okay, they at least tried. I get the point that they're trying to make here. Mm -hmm. Thumbs up. Mm -hmm. But if we're not doing that, we're missing out on a lot of the information we're trying to convey. It really makes it a little bit more difficult to establish the kind of rapport you want to have with your customers or your employees. Mm -hmm. And I'll even drop in a little note here and say using alt text also increases your SEO. Mm-hmm. Let's put out documents saying if you have alt text, then the pictures that we can't do anything with for search engine, search engine optimization, right. we can use mm-hmm. alt text for that and mm-hmm. we're good. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you think of, if you open up a Nat Geo or some other magazine mm-hmm. and you see below the picture, there's a caption in the italic, right? Picture shows soldier standing over hill or something, mm-hmm. you know, that's effectively it. Right. Um, the other issue that we commonly run into mm-hmm. is buttons that are not properly labeled. So tabs mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to emphasize alt text is important. Buttons are at least, if not more important, because if I cannot tell what a button is or what kind of menu I'm trying to access, mm-hmm. or if the thing is not coded to where I can use keyboard or voiceover commands to activate that box. Mm-hmm. I may have no other choice but just completely abandon that transaction. Mm -hmm. And for those that are wondering, we we gave out the one in four stat earlier with disabilities. I it's hard to really identify how many of those use how many of us use the alternative meth technology that can Mm -hmm. come into play here, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell you the number of Americans at least, and this is at least as many, if not more worldwide, but we're proportionally, but in the U S it's approximately, I think somewhere in the area of 10 million or so people who are blind. Mm-hmm. It's people. Mm-hmm. And if you look at other countries, maybe that percentage is a little less than a lot of places mm-hmm. that percent higher. So it's, it's not Probably a good average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, if we're cognizant of thinking, okay, is my, is, you know, whatever I'm doing, helping those with, with visual impairments, then you're going to start thinking about other things too. You know, okay. Is this good for ADD? Is this good for, you know, all of those various things. And, and so that's, you know, when we start putting ourselves into that frame of mind, that's where we do it, um, you know, and, and, and it's funny because we, we make big assumptions, you know, or we, you know, like the alt uh, it, text for images, you know, it's, it's condescending and disrespectful on my part. I'm just going to own up to it right here to, to not put that text, just assuming, well, it's a picture. What does it matter? Yeah. Right. It does matter, um, you know, because it's, you know, even if it's just saying, you know, here's a, you know, image shows picture of four people standing there. 
Well, then you get that in your mind and that helps tell the rest of the story. Um, you know, if I just assume, well, it doesn't matter. For one thing, if it doesn't matter, then why do I have it there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't matter, that you know, then then okay, it's 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 you know, I've just put something fluff in there that, that really doesn't need to be there. But yeah, it's it's those things. And it's funny, we you and I had this, you know, earlier today. I've got a form that that goes out to um to to all our guests to to have it filled out so that it prepares me for the program. And it asks for things like your bio, you know, if you have an unusual name, ask, you know, how to, to pronounce it, uh, website links that ask for your image, all of those various things. And it's just, you know, this form that I have created on the website, you know, using whatever the form creator thingy is. And it didn't occur to me until about, oh, midnight last night that maybe you you weren't going to be able to provide that information. Um, you know, and it's just, it's like, okay, silly me. You know, you you very wisely were able to work around me being an, a dingbat, but <laughs> we shouldn't have to do that. You know, it should just be something that I should be able to know, okay, this form needs to work for anyone. And even if it's just that I redo the form and I send it to you and say, hey, Daniel, try and fill this out. (laughs) Kind of like how you you offered to to look at somebody's uh, uh, job description. Sometimes it's just a matter of asking someone, hey, does this work for you? Absolutely. And, you know, we do offer services like that. We're getting into the remediation space. So we'll take a look at Mm -hmm a website or a form right. and they not only mm-hmm. here are your pain points, but here mm-hmm. is how you can fix it, mm-hmm. how we can help you fix it. We're, we're happy to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. It all comes down to whether you want to call it dog whistles or subliminal messaging, mm-hmm. you know, how we approach these things or how, how businesses approach these mm-hmm. things. It sends a message mm-hmm. of either I am taking the steps mm-hmm. to become more aware, become more inclusive, mm-hmm. or I am shut off to it. And it may not be, it probably isn't something that business owners are even aware of. Right. But you can raise that level of consciousness mm-hmm. and say, you don't have to be perfect today. Mm-hmm. But are you at least willing to try to incorporate mm-hmm. this into what you're doing? And right. are you willing to accept help mm-hmm. that is? readily available. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, for example, my form, I could have just had something, you know, very simple along the lines of if the form doesn't work, email us this information, yeah. you know, and, and because, you know, just because, you know, there are a variety of times where the form might not work, you know, um, you know and, and so, yeah, it's, it's just kind of being cognizant of that, you know, and, and it is sometimes it's, it's the little things but it makes a huge difference. Um, my mom has almost completely lost her sight due to macular degeneration. Um, bless her. She's 89 and she still emails. She still does. Now she can't text anymore. She's, you know, she's, she finally has reached the point where she can't text. But if I send her an email, all I have to do is remember, make it a bigger font and then yeah. she can read it. Um, you know, and then when I look back at it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here squinting at the, I'm like, really, it'd help if it was bigger for me too. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, I mean, just simple little things like that are so easy to do that we don't even really think about them sometimes. And then when we do, it's like, well, doy. 
absolutely. And you know, with your mom, I realize somebody who's eighty nine. That's that's something. But there is kind of a misconception out there that if you reach a certain age, that you just kind of have to grin and bear it. Right. But, mm-hmm. You know, there are things out there. I mean, again, I'd be happy to connect her and connect you with resources that may be mm-hmm. helpful. Oh, she's always looking for stuff. She got a new, I call it a toy, last week from her eye doctor that connects to her TV screen. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I mean, she's, she's very excited about it. Anybody else would go, I should just sit here and be pitiful. Not yeah. my mother. <laughs> Well, you know, this is why this is why we built pieces so that we can bring people in, you know, young from all kinds of different backgrounds and say, you know, we're not going to say there's a one size fits all mm-hmm. solution, but where are you at? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. What will realistically fit into your life and mm-hmm. how do we help you get those things mm-hmm. so that your life is a little easier, a little bit more rewarding, whatever the case may be. So yeah, definitely. Let's. Yeah, I'd be happy to have that conversation. I love it. You know, and it, whether it's the workplace or or you know life, all of those various things. One of the things that we have become very conscious of is diversity, is inclusivity. But we we think about it for race, we think about it for gender, you know, all of those things, and we totally forget that there's a whole nother population that we need to be including also. And you know, when we include the best employees, the best customers, you know, all of those various things, it's only going to benefit everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, getting back to that point, whether it's in some companies have started to talk about neurodiversity and mm-hmm. how different ways of thinking about the world, which is effectively mm-hmm. what neurodiversity is, how that strengthens the overall dialogue. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, you know, how I may navigate something, so mm-hmm. sensory diversity, mm-hmm. that's help design a product that is ultimately better for everybody right. if we're thinking different ways of accessing things, mm-hmm. or just the experience of, well, I have come from this background. I've seen challenges from this side of things, which has shaped my perspective. That gets us out of the box of whatever problem we're trying to solve. And it really makes us question those fundamental assumptions, Mm -hmm. which sometimes those assumptions, they'll withstand scrutiny and that way they stay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't withstand scrutiny. And this is what catapults us to get rid of things that are outdated, mm-hmm. arcane, or just plain wrong, right? Which leads us to a better solution. Mm-hmm. That's plain of diversity. Mm-hmm. What lens you're looking at it through, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and some of it is, as you said, you know, is, is just kind of common sense. Um, you know, I, I one of my favorite things that I saw on Facebook one time was, okay, for you older people, which they were meaning somebody my age. How many times have we had to get, you know, like we're cooking something and the instructions are so small, we can't read them. And so we take a picture with our phone and expand it. Um, You know, okay, if it's too small for people who don't have vision problems, then, you know, it's too small. (laughs) You know, know, and and so that company needs to make it bigger, Um, you know, and and just kind of all of those things where just some common sense sometimes would, would work. 
Absolutely. Well, oh my gosh, Daniel, we've only got a couple of minutes left, and this has been absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, and and I have I've learned so much, and and I love it. Tell people how they reach you and and how they connect with your organization. Absolutely. So we really encourage people to like and follow us on social because that's where we can interact. That's where people start to learn from one another and really build that rapport. We are currently undergoing a major update on the website. So check that out. Give us some feedback. What would be helpful? Mm-hmm. What would come across there? And we are also planning to have at least one event per month throughout 2022 on a variety of different topics. My team, each of them has taken on the role of planning an events. Cool. And different topics, Mm -hmm. different ways to examine this problem. Mm -hmm. So come check those out. Our topic for February is going to be health equity, which is going to be looking at things from a variety of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's going to, I think, have a lot of things that even people who are experienced in the field may learn. And for somebody who's walking into this, mm-hmm. it may just be very eye-opening. That's my goal as I, as I conduct that particular mm-hmm. meeting. I love it. I love it. And your website is piecesofme.org. And again, that's P-E-A-C-E-S of me.org. Um, and I will put that in the show notes and, and we'll also have your email in there since you uh, suggest that, that people contact you. Um, yep. We will have that in there. You know, what are the services that your organization provides? So we are mostly in the awareness and understanding and educational business. Mm -hmm. So we provide access to resources, Mm -hmm. stories, different things that are going to help spur that understanding forward. Mm -hmm. We don't generally do a lot in the way of direct support, but we can certainly help you find organizations that do because our role here wasn't to say, let's go reinvent the wheel. Our our goal was to say, how do we get people from where they are to where Mm -hmm. they want to? And if somebody's out there performing whatever service is needed to be performed well, Mm -hmm. then, okay, all we got to do is connect them with that service Mm -hmm. and everybody wins. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, again, it's pieces of me. Well, it's the, the pieces of me foundation and it's pieces of me.org P E A C E S. Um, so, so make sure that, that you have that. Well, oh my gosh, Daniel, like I said, this has been absolutely fantastic. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Final thought here is everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to contribute. Mm. I love it. Short, sweet, and absolutely on point. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with Daniel Hodges. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.